All right. I think we're live. Sometimes it's hard to tell when you are live. Let me see this thing right here. Rotate. Going live. Okay. That does not look right. That looks totally wrong. Fantastic. Boom! What's up? Nice, nice. Uh, let's have another day. I've got a real cool thing to take and share with you guys today. Um, the year was September 20, September 28, 2008. You know, the gun was at my head. Life was really difficult. The whole world was looking at me. They all thought that my I was overambitious. My ideas, my strategies, my plans were too large. And as a result, they were looking at me. And it's kind of weird with success. I was a billionaire. Life was good. It's launch day. And everything's at stake. The world is watching me. And that counts down 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Not too long before this, I was, uh, I was super wealthy. And, um, but my ambitions are large. My, my goals, my ambitions, what I want to accomplish is larger than life. And what I noticed is, is when I'm successful, there's like this line of people that want to be my friends. And they know that I can make it. But what I also noticed is, is that failure has no parents. And so I've got these people looking at me where all of a sudden if I'm successful and if I make this, if I make this launch right, they're going to come out of the woodwork like they always knew it. They always knew that I would succeed. And if I fail, they're going to come out of the woodwork and say, I knew that there was something wrong with that guy. He, would, he will not succeed. And so here it is. Everything's at stake. I'm actually... I went from rags to riches. I was so, I was wealthy. Now I'm so broke that I couldn't even pay my rent. I actually had to borrow money from a friend just to be able to pay rent on my house. And the fear is, is I'm going to succeed, but do I have anything left? And the the thing that ran that I'm running into is I. I have exhausted all my resources. I have tried, this is my fourth attempt to try to complete this launch. And I, I didn't even have enough funds to pull off this fourth one. But here we are. Five, four, three, two. Hands are clammy, sweating. I didn't sleep last night, long night. One, zero, lift off. It's working, it's working, it's working. It's working. It worked. Finally, finally, after four failures, I finally have reached this success. <clears throat> Didn't have enough resources for that. And all my reputation, everything was tied up inside that launch. And it finally succeeded. And that's kind of part of what we're going to talk about is the Heroes 2 Journeys. And if, I don't know if you guys know who I was talking about. This, guy's, this guy that I'm talking about, his ambitions were so big that nobody thought he could succeed. Every time he turned around, he was like, it was always against the odds. Somebody would say, you can't do that. And his response is, that may be true for you, 
but that's not true for me. Watch. And he always took these challenges and he always did these things that nobody thought was possible. In fact, when this gentleman, when he, uh, when he first, he came from South Africa and well, at least from, I'm pretty sure it was Africa. And he came and he, he, he moved, he came to the United States, whatnot. And, you know, people like tried to find a job. He, um, he actually could, I think it was Netscape at the time, and he tried to get hired by them, and he sat in the lobby, and they wouldn't listen to him, they wouldn't pay attention to him, they wouldn't give him time of day, and so in the end, he said, well, that's not going to work. So what he did is he found another way, and so he went out and he created this, uh, something like a product called like Zip2, and uh, he created this product, and it started doing better, then it got acquired, next thing you know, he's got lots of money in his pocket. And then the next thing he does, he went out there and he's built this thing called, I believe it was X.com. And that started doing well. And the next thing you know, he sold that and it was it became PayPal. And somebody said that he couldn't take and put rockets in space. And the next thing you know, he's got SpaceX and he's doing that. People thought he couldn't make an electric car. I even laughed at the idea of electric car. I'm like, that's a stupid idea. And <laughs> here it is. He passed up. He's the largest U.S. automaker now. And he created the, the movement Tesla. If you don't know who I'm talking about now, we're talking about Elon Musk. This guy's personality was so large that when they, when they, they didn't think that he could take and he could pull off the things that they did. And they came to him and um, they're like, so... Like, did you know that that fourth, that fourth launch was going to work? And he's like, no, I didn't know it was going to work. And they said, well, like, like, didn't you ever feel like you should pack it in, give up, call it a day? And he's like, no, never, never. I never did. And if you want to know what this gentleman's, what's his secret? What's the thing that he got right? What's the one thing that he did? And... If you ask him, he'll probably just tell you, I never give up. I never give up. That's his secret. I never give up. When I tell it to you, you think, it, oh, that's too simple, right? Well, it's not too simple. That's his secret. That's his secret to success. He never gives up. How many times have we been pushed up against the wall and we feel like we're about ready to buckle? A friend of mine, he was out doing door-to-door -door sales with pest control, and he said that, he couldn't seem to figure out how to make the numbers work and he couldn't figure out how to make any money. And the next thing you know, his back's up against the wall and he's just about ready to buckle and all of a sudden he finally hit, hits his breakthrough and he starts to get to success. To success. And if you look at the, the signs of the times, when if you go out and you're, you're, out, at, you're out in the early hours of the morning, you know, as it, let's just say you're not inside your home, okay? And it, it gets the coldest just before you get to the light. That's where it always takes place. And so what what I'm probably doing, I'm not a, doing this justice, but part of what I'm sharing with you is this thing that's called the Hero's Two Journeys. If you look at this, and once I share this with you, it's gonna it's gonna kind of ruin you forever when you watch movies, because every great movie seems to follow this plot. Every great movie seems to follow this particular pattern. And once you understand the plot and the pattern, 
then you can figure out how to create your own stories. So on the Heroes 2 Journeys, um, you can take a look at, like uh, the the one, uh, a movie I'm thinking of in the beginning is, uh, did you see the last um, Lara Croft movie? It's the, it's the most recent one that came out. You got young Lara Croft. In the very beginning, they want you to be able to connect and to bond with this character. And to be able to connect and bond with a character, like if, if you don't connect emotionally and bond with this character, then you don't care what happens to the individual in the movie. Like if they were to die, you'd be, oh, I'm sorry, goodbye. You know, not, not relevant. And so every good movie always has to start out in a scene in which you will be connected emotionally to the character so that you have a vested interest and you want to see this character's success. And so you've got to get this character and this character kind of steps into the scene and what she's going to end up experiencing is they've got to have a desire. They've got to have a place where they want to go. And you remember, you remember in the beginning, Laura Croft, she was vulnerable. She was not, she was out on the street doing racing her bike, playing around with hoodlums, even though she was this, this, the girl, this wealthy, this, uh, dad who had this big old mansion and she was living way 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 below her privilege but they had to put that there because they needed you to connect with her emotionally not most of us can't say that we're that we connect with somebody that lives in a mansion because we don't live in mansions so they put her in a place where you and I could say we can connect with her and we can see what it is so she had a desire she wanted to know what happened to her dad and then she has to go through some sort of conflict, okay? And you saw she was trying to hustle money, and so she ended up putting this, she ended up being kind of like the, I guess the fox, where you put the, I think she put a fox tail on the back of her bike, and she was riding through the city trying to get away, and we could see that she was in danger. And all the little obstacles that got thrown up in front of her, we could connect with that. And we could see that this girl was in peril. And so she... The attractive character in every movie has to go through this process where they're going to run into this conflict. Now, the way you and I will take and connect with this person is there's like, there's like five ways that we can connect with a person. They either have to be a victim, a victim of something that's just not fair. They've got to be in jeopardy, which I would say that this girl was in jeopardy as she was trying to race through the streets and stuff. Um... You have to become either likable, funny, or powerful. And if you think about these different things, these are like five magnets that allow you and me to take and to connect with an individual. And so what they're going to do on that movie is they're going to show you the backstory, kind of how she's coming about, trying to show how she's going to take and evolve. They're going to put her in situations where you and I are going to connect with her because we don't want her to get caught by those kids that are trying to catch her. We don't want her to get hurt and get run get run over by a car. She's racing through the streets in a crazy fashion. Um, we want to connect with her in a likable manner so that we're going to want to watch this particular movie. And as soon as they've got... That's about the first 10% of any movie. They've got to get you in a state where you have built the rapport with this individual. Now, it's not to make a movie great. They have what they call these hero two journeys. Okay. Now, the two journeys, it's different. 
And you're going to see these differences once I explain it. And then you're never going to appreciate a movie quite the same as you did after you, you, you listen to this Heroes 2 Journeys. There is, there is an outer transformation that takes place. Okay, There's like this goal. There's this objective. There's this thing that they really, really want to accomplish. And what they really want to accomplish is, in this case, her goal was she wanted to, to discover and figure out and find out where her father is. That's her external goal. But if you pause and you look back and you peel back the onion, she's partially broken inside. She has this internal problem because she's not become Laura Croft. We all know Laura Croft's the Tomb Raider, and this is the young girl that has not embraced what she is. She's not embraced her potential. She's living far below what she should be doing. And in here, there has got to be this transformation when she becomes something else inside as long and it's not as critical for a movie that she takes and she reaches the goal of finding her father and as you're going to see as we go through this movie that she did run into her dad but her dad got blown up but the the, the main thing that changed was what she became internally because she has now become the tomb raider so in this story, don't want to get too far ahead, but you just got kind of a recap. Present the person in peril. Some sort of situation where you and I can connect. First 10% of any movie. But then they're going to end up having to hit a conflict, okay? There's this, there's this thing like a wall. They've got to run into this wall. And Laura Croft, she ran into this wall when she basically she wound up in the, the police station. And... <clears throat> The, the lady that was running her dad's business came in and started talking to her because she was living below her standard and kind of brought her around so that she would start figuring out how to embrace what she was. And so she ran into this conflict. And then she ended up discovering that she needs to know what happened to her dad. She's got to find out where he is. And so Laura Croft, this hoodlum, this, this, this girl that that you can see is living below her her privilege has got to take a journey she's got to take a journey to follow, find her father that's her external the internal is and we don't always see this this is harder to see but she has got to make an internal transformation meaning who she was and how she behaved and what she thought and the way she acted has to die she can no longer be the same person so to speak, spiritually and emotionally inside, she has got to become something greater. She has got to become something more. And as you saw this show, they start taking and they start unwinding it or weaving it. She goes out and she meets this, this guy or she, she figures out how to finally get some money. And so we kind of connect with her again because she takes this very valuable thing, a necklace that her dad gave her. And she takes and sells it to the junk dealer or to the pawn guy who she feels like she just got kind of robbed. And so now he's now in possession of this thing. And she, and, and not only did she, like he offered her so much money and then he kept pulling it back and pulling it back and pulling it back until she finally said uncle and she finally just took the money for less. So then she goes out and she goes to like, I think it was China, trying to find a boat that could take and transport her to this particular uh, location, last known location where her dad was. And as she's going through there, she kind of gets almost mugged by a bunch of punks. 
And so then we can connect with her still more emotionally. And then as we see that she's taken and progressing, we she ends up finding the guy um, who she thought was the guy that put took her dad on the ship to this particular location. Turns out it was the son of the guy. This guy's now kind of got his own journey going along with her. And so they're now transporting. They're now going out to this last known location to take and to locate her dad. And as you can see, it there's there's a point right here. Once, once let's back up just a little bit. She has now resolved in her mind, this is one of the things that they've got to then resolve in their mind the thing that they're going to accomplish. And so she is now pursuing this and she's going through some peril and some jeopardy. Okay. They have now she she's found this Chinese guy who's now taken her to a location and the ship is gonna get in shipwrecked. And just like at this point, when she thinks that she's gonna finally have a chance to find her father, she's all of a sudden, this is like a the next conflict. This is there's something, there's there's this other wall that they've got to run into another set of conflict where they're going to hit this wall. Bam. All of a sudden it's going to hit them. And then all of a sudden it looks like things are all going to be lost. She's now, she has now in essence become a slave. Okay. And the guy that she's with, he's basic, he's already become a slave and he's, he's moving stuff and it just got really bad. And then all of a sudden there's this little friction here taking place. And she managed to, Looks like she managed to take an escape. And so now she's trying to figure out a few things. And guess who she runs into? She finally runs into her father. And it's like she has completed the second, the, the, the journey of external, what she wanted to reach. She's now got, a, she's got her father. Now they've got to figure out how they're going to take him to get home. And so major goal, major milestone was accomplished. Finally within her grasp, she's with her dad again. Okay. And then what ends up happening is you, you'll see that her and her father, in essence, get captured. And then she has to get like this, another conflict, so to speak, where she has got to solve this puzzle to be able to get inside this particular place to go retrieve what the bad guy wanted. And as she gets in there and she's now... She agrees to do it to save her dad. And now she's inside this place. And um, there's a scrimmage that takes place. And her dad, they're basically put in a situation in which they're in a very perilous situation. And the dad, he, he pulls like a pin out of a grenade or something. Because he knows that what's contained inside that location is very dangerous and deadly. And that it's going to be death, okay? If this plague was to take him to get out. And so he's like, he's going to blow this place up. And so his daughter, in, in the end, has no choice but to leave. And so this, this external goal that she had, as you can see, she, she had the goal. It was right there. And in the end, she took and she lost it. But what actually happened in the end of the movie is she actually had an internal transformation where she was no longer this street, this girl that's hustling on the street and she becomes a thug, okay? And that was this transformation. You're, and then 
to to kind of hook you into the next movie. They let you they they perpetrate or they give you a glimpse that she is a still a yet at peril because the lady that was running her dad's company turns out she is the one that basically got her dad stuck on the island and she's in control and Laura Croft is now in peril which sets the hook or the stage for the next movie. And so that is, in essence, the hero's two journeys. You're going to see this in every single movie, that they're going to spend the first 10% of a movie taking, building a backstory behind the character. They're going to put them in some sort of arrangement where they've got you've got to connect with them either through, through rapport. So they're going to either be a victim, they're going to be in jeopardy, they're going to be likable, they've got to be funny, they've got to be powerful, but they've got to be something that invokes emotion so that you... You want to be connected with them. You're concerned about them. You have to discover a vested interest. But then they're going to have to come and they're going to have to smack into a wall. This wall is important because we always like the underdog. And we've got to discover there has got to be some sort of conflict that takes place. And this conflict will then flush out the two journeys. One journey being, I want this external thing the other journey being, I want to obtain this internal thing, okay? And along the way, there's going to be some conflict. There's going to hit a wall where you feel like all is lost. And it doesn't really matter if in the end they get the actual objective. What matters is, is what happens internally that they transform. You look at Rocky, you know, Rocky did not beat Apollo Creed, Okay. He didn't get it, but he became something else internally. You look at the movie Cars. You got Lightning McQueen. Okay, He wanted to win the Piston Cup, but in the beginning it was like this arrogant, this fast race car or something. You saw a conflict when he got stuck in Radiator Springs. Then he actually had some sort of internal transformation where they actually caused him to stop being so self-centered and greedy and stuff, thinking about just him. And he had no friends. And he had this conflict, and then when he goes to the finally to the last race, he gets there, and the old blue car, um, can't remember the old blue car's name, um, was like got got hurt by Chick, that other car, okay, and Lightning McQueen went stopped at the finish line, did not cross it, he allowed Chick to pass him, he backed up, he went and found the blue car. And he pushed him across the line. And the blue car said, he says, you just gave up the piston cup. And he said, he goes, well, I heard it was just a cup anyways. Okay. It didn't matter that he didn't get the external goal. What mattered is, is he stopped being him and he became something different, which meant he put, he, he, he transformed. Now that you've seen this pattern, you're going to see this pattern everywhere. And what they've discovered is, there's a guy named Michael Haig that teaches this stuff, and he's like the, the expert on creating movies, is they've discovered that this, is, this journey, this process, this strategy, is in essence how you tell the hero's two journeys. Um, so why does this matter? Okay, If you're taking in, you're trying to sell things, you're trying to do things, you have got to be able to discover how to tell stories. Part of the reason I'm doing these, these podcasts and sharing this information is I've got to discover and I've got to learn and become a master and an expert at telling the hero's two journeys, the stories. That is 
why I take and I document, I put together some notes to be able to help share some of these stories. They, like part of, if, if you take and you, you pay attention, part of the reason also that I'm starting to publish when I'm going through this experience is you're going to see in the beginning when I started sharing with you a little bit of my backstory, trying to fill you in on things that are going on in my life, the conflicts, you know, the place where I want to be. Like right now, my back is up against the wall. You know, I my business collapsed when when we got evacuated from our home. My business collapsed. Um, basically, I've got some money in the checking account, but everything's kind of everything's everything's running, starting to run out. Um, right now, my wife is getting extremely emotional. Um, it's getting very very. The it's getting much 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 more difficult to take into function because um, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep I'm trying to keep my wife together and that the amount of stress and duress that she's undergoing right now as we're taking and we're doing this journey what I what I've discovered is is I'm tired of creating these businesses and then watching my work collapse and then discovering that now I've got a I've got this new problem on my hand where my income just vanished. It's happened to me a few times now and it's really just, just grinding on me. And so my epiphany or the thing that I came, came to believe is I look at this click funnels opportunity and then I say, I could create this online business. I already know I can. Like when I look at this and I try to figure out what's the one thing that if I was to pursue that, that would solve all my problems. I'm like, that's it. That's the one thing that if I was to take and to pursue that thing, it will, I will solve my problems. That's my big domino. Um, but right now, like, I feel like I'm at the point where, where the, the, the sun is about, I hope the sun is about ready to rise. Because the amount of pressure and frustration and consternation and oh, well, what it just it's getting it's getting it's getting much 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 more difficult. Okay, that's where I'm at in this journey. Where I feel like as I'm seeing this, I'm like I've got the plan, I've got the strategy, and I'm moving along. And there's there's this conflict. There's always this conflict, and the conflict always shows up when you just when you think that you're about ready to fail. But then you take and you change your trajectory. And in this case, we better get our external goal. The internal's fine. I want the internal transformation too to become something different. But the external one also in this particular case has to come to pass. Part of the reason I was telling you the story of Elon Musk is that was his story. That's his story. You can see that he was successful. You can see that he was doing well. You can you can connect you can connect it's it's a little harder for us to necessarily connect with Elon Musk because of where he's at today. But he was in those spots. He was in those positions. He was when he went to launch his fourth um SpaceX program or his rocket, he was broke. He was flat. And he did have the whole world against him that he was gonna fail and he and he pushed on anyways. And that was the last, that was like the last push when all was lost, where he could go on to success 
but in essence, he had this internal transformation. And like today, like it to me, it looks like Elon Musk is unstoppable. He will just keep going and going and going and going. And and I hope he does. Like when when they wanted to when they wanted to figure out who could be the who what like when they came up with the concept of Iron Man and we're gonna make a movie about Iron Man and they said who who like who do we go talk to? Where do you find where do you find Iron Man? What is Iron Man like? What's his personality like? How does he behave? What's his thoughts? What's his process? What's his like what's his style? And the answer was we need to go talk to Elon Musk. That guy is Iron Man. Okay? Now you know where Iron Man where his kind of who he is or how he originates, so to speak, from, is that's him. The guy's as larger than life based on Elon Musk. Anyway, in case you're looking, this is what I was sharing with you is in Russell Brunson's Expert Secrets. Um, it is on page 103, and it's called The Hero's Two Journeys. Super duper important. As we start digging into this online marketing stuff, you're going to discover that a lot of these things are be, are very, very, very powerful. In fact, when I read sales copy of uh, of internet pages that are high converting, you're going to discover they're going to have these crazy stories and stuff in it. Like one of them I was looking at, it's like it's a it's a weight loss product, and then it's like and there I was staring at this big snake, and it was looking at me. And I was looking at it, and I got myself in a situation because I wanted some tea. Like, what? Like, what does that have to do with anything, right? But that's the point. It got your attention. It hooked you. You all of a sudden started paying attention to it. Then they could suck you down into the story, okay? Just just bizarre. I found several of them like that. So when I start looking at ads and copies and stories and stuff, I'm looking at it to see what is it they're doing to suck you in and to keep you interested. And that is what they're doing. Anyway, so Heroes 2's Journeys. Okay, there's going to be lots more stuff coming. Go to ragsrichestransition.com. I am working on that. I'm going to build that thing out. Um, like one of the things I need to do you can find me at ragsofrichestransition.com on Facebook. But one of the things I've got to do is I'm looking to see the things that you think would be most valuable to share with you. I spent a lot of time digging into this thing, um, and I can take and share with you a tremendous amount of stuff depending on what's of your interest. Um, in the interim, I'm going to continue to share things with you that I think are real valuable, things that I've learned, things that I know will make a significant difference uh, for your guys' lives as they're doing for me. Anyway, we will talk later. Bye. Okay.